Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. We want to find records that have an instrumental, uh, which is usually on a 12-inch versus an LP, so like not on the album. Usually it's a promotional tool that record labels use to put out a single. Right, exactly. Part of the fantasy fulfillment is that you're going to show me how to DJ. (laughs) And when we're done, I will be uh, also adding something to my business card. There we go. (laughs) I have several fantasy professions. And for the most part, they live in that realm because I have many more interests than time, money, or I'm going to be really honest, talent. (laughs) Now, being host of St. Louis on the Air is definitely a dream realized. One of the things that makes it such a dope job is the opportunities it affords to explore and share some of my interests slash fantasies through and with St. Louisans doing really cool stuff. And today is no exception. We welcome to the studio today someone who teaches people how to DJ. And that is one of my fantasy professions. Welcome to the studio, DJ Wiz, uh, a.k.a. Darian Wigfall, or maybe Thank the you. other way around. Yeah, either way. <laughs> welcome to the studio. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. So we hear that you're doing this thing. It's called Elemental 101. That's right. What is that, Darian? So basically, I was teaching a DJ class for some years uh, up until now. And then the 50th anniversary of hip hop came along. And the Kranzbergs already wanted to do something sort of like teach people how to DJ. And so I brought that class to the Kranzbergs and we broke it down even more to all the elements. So like hip hop being broken down into at least the four elements of DJing, emceeing, graffiti writing, and breakdancing. And then fashion can be added into that as well. We wanted to give at least one piece of that those five elements to people, to the public, mm-hmm. right? So that's what Elemental 101 is. We're teaching DJing from the elements. And where is that happening? Sophie's Lounge, Sophie's okay. Artist Lounge. And is each of those elements being celebrated in a particular way and during a particular time um, at Sophie's? Will it also be at other places that are affiliated with the Kranzberg? Yes, so they're having events all year long. There will be things that are definitely um, devoted to fashion and things like that. And I'm not sure if the other elements will be involved, but we'll definitely involve it in the class just to teach everybody that comes. Okay, so DJing Mm -hmm. and breakdancing? Yes, we're going to try. I know some breakdancers I want to bring in. I also know some MCs and people in fashion, so... Yeah, for well, sure. Fun fact, I took breakdancing lessons when I was a kid. Wow, okay. My mom signed me up for them okay. at the local community center. That's this is awesome. in Ontario, Canada. Okay, wow. Uh, and there was cardboard involved. Yeah. Yes, of course. Um, and I could do head spins back then. I can't do them now, but... Okay. But we must to, be kindred spirits. I, I used know. to break dance when I was a kid, too. <laughs> I'm definitely on cardboard. So speaking of the spinning, 
Yeah. So DJ is mm-hmm. a skill that's seen in uh, many different genres of music. For sure. We've got all the forms of electronic dance music, yeah. pop music. What is it about hip-hop DJing that is different or special? I think that, one, hip-hop DJing, if you look at the orientation of the turntables, this that's specifically hip-hop because before that, people would play records with uh, turntables sideways. So it was kind of like a line versus what we call battle mode, which is like kind of my turntables are pointing at you, right? So mm-hmm. um, hip-hop DJing starts with that, turning the turntables in and kind of like at your opponent. And then, you know, there's a lot of kind of bravado similar to the rest of hip-hop where, you know, you have battles, you have people that are trying to up their game with body tricks and scratching and different things that you can use to elevate, similar to the scratch pickles that we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm, right. Yeah. And I think they've, they're celebrating a, an anniversary right about now as well. Mm-hmm. Now, how was it that you got into DJing? Like, um, when did you first touch vinyl wow. in that, like, battle mode? Yeah. Um, I definitely played records from a young age, but the first time... I got into hip hop DJing was like I was seventeen. I was a senior in high school. It was nineteen ninety eight. Um, the and beginning. That was yeah, here in St. Louis. Yeah, here in St. Louis, Parkway okay. North High School. Um, and we got this tape called Scratch, and it had the Scratch Pickles, the Invisible Scratch Pickles. Let me say that yes. correctly. <laughs> and uh, the Executioners from New York and mm-hmm. a bunch of other DJ crews on it. And they were. It was just some producer had gone around highlighting what they do, and me and my friends were enamored. So. I took the beginning of the school year to the end of the school year to save up, and then we bought some turntables that summer after my senior year. I think I was still 17 because I turned 18 in June. and that, But by the time I was 18, I was DJing pretty much weekly in my basement. In your, okay. Yeah. And then I didn't really do it publicly until probably the next year, like my freshman year in college. Mm-hmm. I did a party. So at what point did DJing go from being merely a, a hobby to something that you did uh, with a business card involved, whether it was mm-hmm. an official one or something that people just came to know you could teach them to do. Yeah. I don't know. It was, it was kind of a slow transition. I guess it was in my mid-20s um, because I had been DJing parties for a while. People just knew I had equipment and could come out and spin records. Um, and then the digital form of DJing came along, so it became a lot easier, actually, to do it and so I was doing it more and then people were like well do you want to join me at this club and I started DJing at the Moonrise with my friend Ben Stein shout out to Ben Stein and uh, Tatiana asked me to DJ at Handlebar and I was already teaching people how to DJ privately and that came out of honestly that came out of Ferguson because people knew I knew how to DJ in Ferguson and, and through the activism and so that was like a well let's take a break from organizing and can you teach me this skill? And so I was doing it privately then. I just started doing it as like a, a business. I, I had done it before for, for money, but like now people like know I teach people how to DJ. Uh-huh. So now you, you have that yeah. that official and street cred for yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. So what is the bare minimum needed to be able to DJ moderately well. These are the words that our (laughs) our producer, Maya Norfleet, has put in here. But that's very much my question. Because Mm -hmm. I had said, I I have minimal talent. Mm -hmm. So... 
I mean, these days with technology, you really don't need much. You could do it from a smartphone. It's 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 kind of great and terrible at the same time because I learned at a time when you could only use vinyl, right? So, and that at the time, and especially in the seventies when hip hop started, was an innovation. No one was using records to make hip hop at the time. They were using old James Brown records and old funk and soul and just playing the breaks and you know. DJ Cool Herc just playing the breaks from song to song. And so it was really an innovation. And, and at the time, people were like, oh, what are you doing with these records? You shouldn't be doing that with these classic records and things like that. And so I think that if you can use a phone or an iPad or a laptop to DJ and you and you respect the craft, then, you know, it's, it's still great. But, yeah, you really don't need much anymore. All you need is a smartphone and some way to plug in. Or mm-hmm. sometimes you can even use Bluetooth. So. So what is it that you will be teaching your students? How do these lessons break down without giving everything away? Basically, what we're going to teach is all of the pieces of a turntable and a mixer and how they all plug in together, as well as how that plugs into a system so that you can hear it back so that if you wanted to buy equipment, you can go ahead and do that at your own home and things like that. But then we'll also teach skills like blending and what we call beating down the record, which is basically um, calculating the beats per minute of a, of a record and then writing it on the record so that you know how many beats it is, and then you can blend using that technique. We'll also teach a little bit of scratching as well. So, mm-hmm. And what is it uh, about DJing with vinyl that is different than doing it digitally? I think the tactile piece of it is totally different like I use a controller to DJ now but DJing on vinyl like you just feel it slide across the slip mat and you can see the needle jerking back and forth even though it's staying in the groove and it's kind of magic to be able to do it with vinyl and I think it gives a person a better feel for what we do as DJs. Mm -hmm. Are there certain uh, albums that you use um, as your basic tools? Yeah, so actually I'm going through my records now uh, to find doubles, right? So we want to find records that have an instrumental, um, which is usually on a 12-inch versus an LP, so like not on the album. Usually it's a promotional tool that record labels use to put out the white a single. Ones. Right, yeah. exactly. And so they have the instrumental, and we want to be able to mix instrumentals so that people don't have to deal with the confusion of, of vocals over the instrumental to be able to mix. So now I'm going through, I have some hip-hop, I have some house music, I have some pop music that I'm going to bring, and we're going to have different setups so that um, we don't play the same song on each one so it doesn't get so monotonous for the, the people there. So part of the fantasy fulfillment mm-hmm. is that you're going to show me how to DJ. Yes. Yes, <laughs> and when we're favorite. done, I will be uh, also adding something to my business card. There we go. <laughs> Darian, what can you tell me about what we see before us? Now, Elaine, you've told me that you've touched vinyl before, so you're sort of familiar with turntables. Today we're working with a controller. It's a Pioneer DDJ SX3, and it mimics your turntable, turntable, and mixer. Mm -hmm. Crossfader in the middle, channel A, channel B, just like it would have worked for the vinyl. Mm -hmm. And we're going to work with a little Dilla instrumental, mix those two together. And then I'm going to kind of give you the wheels a little bit um, for a little baby scratch later on. Okay. Okay. 
I can do babies. So is there feedback at all if I... No, no, actually, there's no feedback here. So basically what you would have on a turntable is the needle would be rewinding in the groove, right? Mm -hmm. But here it's it's a digital version of that. So okay. I'm just rewinding the file. And then I can mix them together. So I'm really then using my ears yes. to hear the scratch versus yeah. feeling it. Yes, yeah, so you're using your ears way more than your eyes. Now we can see that on the computer screen here, but back in the day, when you're using vinyl, you can't do that. You yeah. can only listen to what you hear. So, okay, so what I'm doing is setting up a cue point, and what I can do is go back to the same part of the song every time, right? Mm -hmm. So, oh, that moves it back then. Okay. Yeah. Wow, this looks pretty complicated. <laughs> it is a little complicated, so I'm not gonna have yeah. you do all that. So, was it difficult at all to make the transition from? using turntables and vinyl and going to this digital version? It definitely was. Scratching on these and even blending is a lot more difficult, was a lot more difficult for me. Now it's a little bit easier. Okay. And so when I do that with the file, I have it on both sides so I can okay. even put them together. And so when you put them together, you get this effect called the airplane. Oh, okay. um, and it's much more severe on vinyl, but mm -hmm. um, with the... And that airplane effect, what is that doing exactly? It's sort of compressing the sound okay. um, in the in the system. So you kind of hear that little kind of like phaser in and out. And then what you were saying, like they do the doubles. Mm -hmm. We can go a little bit faster on one side. Oh yes, the rocking doubles. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that just shows how basic I am, but I really <laughs> like but rocking doubles is fun. It's a cute little trick that you can do and it honestly makes it fun for you as a DJ. Yeah. Um, and that's what you have to do is kind of like insert yourself when you're mixing and, and blending and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so what we'll do now is let you express yourself oh, okay. a little bit of scratching. So are you right-handed or left-handed? I'm right-handed. Okay, so I'm gonna have you scratch with this one. Okay. And I'm gonna ha open up the crossfader when we find a sample. So what I'm doing now is queuing up different samples that are on okay. the file here. Mm -hmm. Let's do this one. I, 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 I know this. Oh, okay. So baby scratch is just crossfader open uh -huh. right down the middle okay. and you kind of scratch to the beat. So. Um, mostly because of the the distance that you're mm -hmm. pushing the rec record, see, okay. um, but it also is it's, it's the most basic. Yeah. Um, but when you start to involve the crossfader, like a transformer, and we'll we'll teach all this in the class, but and I, I don't I don't want you to have to learn all that right yes. now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go here. So you want to hit play and then catch the record because it's going to start playing. Okay. 
go. You got it. <laughs> See, natural. All right. <laughs> so that's that's what we would teach in the basic first class. Um, we'll get a little bit more sophisticated with the scratching and blending um, with different tracks and things like that. Mm -hmm. I'll bring in different records. Yeah. Um, but that's basically it. Okay. And have you found that you know people who have had some experience with music um, that they pick up with this faster or is there really not much of a correlation? I do think that people that have played an instrument especially will do better with this because when we count the beats per minute we're counting time mm -hmm. so we're counting beats and we're counting measures so yeah. um, that will help having that knowledge but if you have any rhythm or you really like music or like music is your jam I think it'll really You'll really have a good time with it. Mm -hmm. And yeah. this is something that is open to all ages as well? Yes, yes. So um, we have to have everyone that's over 21 out of Sophie's by the time that they open. But if you have, you want to bring your kid or you know somebody in your class that you want to bring, mm -hmm. send them because we don't have any age restriction. For yeah. This. yeah. What's the youngest you've taught? The youngest I've taught... Probably, oh, I think he was 14. Oh, yeah. okay. And yeah. did this did this kid come in by him, her, themselves, or was it by introduction of the... Their mother came to me and they knew that I taught DJing. I think they saw me kind of showing some kids how to DJ at a community event. And they were like, hey, do you teach? And I was like, yeah, actually, you kind of do have a curriculum and all these other things. And so... She recommended him. She brought him and sat there with with him while I taught, and yeah. then that was it. And how about your oldest student? My oldest student was 62, mm -hmm. 63. And that was early with 60s. vinyl or yep. this digital All vinyl. Um, I've taught with the digital version as of this year, but... Previous to this year is all vinyl. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I have a kid who's going to be seven soon. Okay. And I may have to uh, get him suited up to come and see you. Bring him over. <laughs> he has a DJ Especially name already. Oh, yeah? What's the oh, DJ yeah. name? Oh, yeah. He's Kid Kwan. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I like that. Well, Darian, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Darian Wigfall is DJ Wiz. Along with DJ Chris Brown, he'll be teaching folks the basics of breaks and beats with vinyl records at Sophie's Artist Lounge. Classes take place the last Wednesday of each month as part of the Kranzberg's year-long celebration of the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. More details are available at stlonair.show. This episode was produced by Maya Norfleet. Our audio engineer is Aaron Doerr. This podcast was mixed and edited by Aaron. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis.
Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.